What's wrong with you people? Matt, I am so disappointed because we missed a major marker in the podcast life of Not Another Baptist Podcast. And do you know what that was? I don't. We did not record a Festivus episode this year. Oh, Festivus. Because it was because it was Christmas Eve. And you know, you don't want to you don't want to record your grievances on Christmas Eve. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I, I think to kick this episode off. We need one grievance each for the last year. All right. My grievance is a person, Bart Barber. <laughs> Are you allowed to say that your pastor is your grievance? Uh, probably not, but uh, I haven't been in church discipline yet. So, you know, the year is almost <laughs> over. So maybe I will survive 2021 without that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What about you? All right. Oh, man, there are so many. Um I will say my grievance is the Greek alphabet because we've just been going through it all year long. <laughs> Alpha, beta, delta, Omicron. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, I'm, once, I'm having some flashbacks to uh, like my sophomore and junior years of, of uh, college and uh, Greek was not my friend and apparently it still is not. Um, so there you go. That's my grievance, the Greek alphabet. Well, as we make our way through the Greek alphabet through COVID-19, it's left many pastors wondering what does ministry look like now? And the Ministry Now Conference is aiming to answer that question. March 22nd through the 24th, you'll have experienced minister leaders from all across the nation gather at Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth to explore how God's churches can thrive, not just survive, in this ever-changing ministry context. You'll have an unyielding commitment to biblical truth. You'll have expert practitioners, and it is all designed to encourage and equip you in every area of ministry, and it is going to serve you to live your calling wherever you are. And so join us in Fort Worth, Texas, March 22nd through the 24th, and you just have about two more weeks to get your discounted registration. So visit swibbits.edu slash ministry now. 2022. Kyle, as we begin a new year, this is going live quite literally on New Year's Eve morning. People are feverishly pinning their New Year's resolutions and everything else like that. Kyle, give me three New Year's resolutions that you have. Um, Well, let's see. Last year's was to lose 25 pounds. So this year's is to lose 30 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh, let's see. So, so that would be a good one. Um, secondly, you know, I mentioned that one of my grievances is the Greek alphabet. I do need to brush up on my Greek. And so I think that's something I would like to do in the new year is to spend a little bit of time going back through some Greek textbooks and and brushing up on that. Um, and then thirdly, um, to not record a stupid video with you. <laughs> Come on, man. That's living your best life. Uh, for for me, I, I share that weight loss deal because uh, COVID-19 and the dissertation writing really got me off the wagon. I was still eating like I was when I was running, you know, 60, 70, 80 miles a week. And I was only running about seven to 10 miles a week. And, uh, but I was still feasting on everything that God put in front of me. 
and then some. And so I put on some pounds, so I need to keep inching that off. And uh, so that would be one of them. Uh, you know, I continue every year to read through the Bible uh, in 90 days, just over and over and over again. And uh, so this year I'm aiming uh, to kind of transition a little bit to just a slow and steady, just take it in as I go, instead of just diving in and sometimes too much at one time, just want to take my time through God's word. So that would be one. And then the final one is really my new role with the Colin Baptist Association. I've had a lot of meetings, a lot of breakfasts, a lot of lunches, a lot of all of that kind of stuff. And it's been great. Uh, but uh, over the time, of course, early on, you know, meeting some of the new people and so forth, it got to where I was just spinning a mile a minute. And so I do want to slow down, not slow down in terms of uh, not meeting with pastors and so forth, but a little more slow and methodical approach to it uh, to really keep my calendar in check. And that kind of leads into what we're going to talk about today is how you can pray for your pastor in the new year. One of those things that we'll share about in a moment is praying for a schedule. And, and so we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But the key here, of course, is, uh, you know, we all know Charles Spurgeon. We've got Spurgeon books on our bookshelves. Uh, we know him as the Prince of Preachers. We know him, you know, his, his sermon manuscripts are still sold for hundreds of dollars today. I cannot say that about myself. Uh, but, uh, but, but it is something that we know him for his preaching. Uh, but somebody asked him years ago, uh, why he was so successful and it wasn't his ruggedly good looks or, you know, his bodacious beard, you know, which I have, uh, it wasn't his great, uh, preaching skills that you have. It was because his people prayed for him. He said, because my people pray for me. And there's a great story. Uh, about some travelers that stopped at his church just to visit one day and hear him preach. They came to to see the show, if you will, uh, but uh, they were greeted at the door by a gentleman uh, who asked if they would like to see the heating plant of this church. They weren't really interested because it was in the middle of July, so it was hot. So no, I don't want to see where the boiler room of your church is. It's hot out here, uh, but they didn't want to offend him. So they said yes, and that gentleman led them down uh, to a stairwell and then into the basement where he opened the door, quietly whispered, this is our heating plant. And their eyes beheld 700 people praying, seeking a blessing on the service soon to begin in the auditorium above. And that man was Spurgeon. That was the one that was taking them down there. And it just gave us a glimpse of what the true power was behind what God was doing at Metropolitan Tabernacle. Now, most of our listeners and most of Southern Convention, uh, Southern Baptist Convention pastors see less than 100 in attendance on any given Sunday. That's 67.1% of our churches, according to the 2019 annual church profile. So we're not going to have 700 people in our basement praying for us, but we still can have our people praying for us. And so today we want to talk about five ways that you can pray for your pastor as you kick off the new year. And number one is pray for his family. Right now, as I'm talking to Kyle, he is wearing a ridiculous hat. I'm wearing a Farmersville Fighting Farmer football hat, but your pastor, metaphorically or figuratively, whatever the word is, wears a lot of hats, but none of them 
are as crucial as the hat he wears as husband and daddy if he's married with children. So take some time to pray for his home, his first ministry. Kyle, why is that important? Yeah, well, first of all, if if a pastor loses his home, he loses his ministry, right? Um, and that's the place where certainly in in my own life, in, in your own life, um, the the real rubber meets the road when it comes to ministry because um, you know we can be so busy doing other things that without in without being intentional about it, we we neglect um, some things at home, and uh, and often you know pastors' wives, pastors' children sacrifice a lot, uh, a lot of time with dad while he's doing ministry activities, and a lot of a lot of family time is spent at the church building doing ministry activities. And that can, that has its joys, but it certainly has its pitfalls as well. And so, yeah, pray for patience, pray for perseverance and, and pray just for a right ordering of, of his life um, at home. And speaking of one of the things you can pray for is God to give him the courage to say no (laughs) to (laughs) the trivial matters of ministry. Sometimes we've talked about maybe the tyranny of the urgent Sometimes it's the tyranny of the trivial, those silly things that can dominate the pastor's time. And this bleeds into the second one, pray for his schedule. Your pastor's wearing a lot of hats and he feels tugged from every different direction, especially as the new year begins. He's trying to prepare some some new sermons, maybe continuing an old series after maybe an Advent series or kicking off a brand new one. He's got people in the hospitals. He's worried about the homebound folks. He's wondering if people are going to fall through the cracks. And we had our episode on visitor follow-up. He's trying to follow up on all the visitors from the holiday. So he's he's tugged a lot of different directions. And if he's planning to fail or if he's failing to plan his, uh, I got that quote in my head, if he's planning to, or if he's failing to plan his schedule, he is ultimately going to fail to manage his time well, and his schedule is going to suffer. Kyle, uh, save me from myself here. Why does that matter? <laughs> yeah, you you were failing to explain what you were trying to explain. Yeah. And, well, you, you mentioned the tyranny of the urgent. Um, in, in ministry, there's a lot of things that can come up unexpectedly, right? Um, deaths are almost never expected, Um you know, someone walking into the office that needs help with gas or food or something like that is is often unexpected. Counseling appointments can pop up unexpectedly. Um, other meetings and and there there are a lot of things um, that that are important, but that can um, can wreck a well planned schedule um, in a hurry. And and so as you said, you know, just pray that God will help him manage his time um, uh, well enough. To, to have time to make memories with his family, that he won't neglect um, the weightier matters, the, the weightier things that are there to do um, things that are urgent and, and maybe in the urgency seem weightier than they actually are in the long term, right? So just pray that the Lord will help him keep his priorities in order as he um, maps out his schedule. And uh, speaking of his schedule, part of that schedule is spent working hard in the study, preparing those sermons. And so pray for his sermon preparation. The third thing we're asking you to pray for your pastor about. He's trying to prepare fresh sermons. He's, you know, got those old series, launching a new one, whatever it might be. Pray for him in that regard 
and ask God to give him some focus and perseverance in sermon prep as well, as well as clarity and wisdom as he aims to handle the word of God rightly. Uh, this is usually the most seen part of a pastor's ministry. No, it's not the most important. Uh, it, it is very critically important, but it can't be said that it's the most important, uh, but it is the most seen. And uh, so why should people be praying for their pastor's sermon prep? Yeah, well, this is the, um, the no, no matter what else happens in a pastor's week, there is the sermon. Um, there is a deadline for that every single week. And um, I've never met a pastor who um, willfully neglected his sermon prep, right? I mean, I mean, every pastor that I know takes this seriously and, and almost every pastor every week um, finds that time invaded by something else. Um, and so, as you said, pray for God to give him focus and perseverance in sermon prep, um, especially on those weeks where, where other things creep in. As you know, I mentioned earlier, funerals, um, counseling appointments, other meetings, um, all those can eat into uh, the sermon prep time. And so, you know, while, while we might like to stand back and say, ideally, you know, a pastor should have 20 to 30 hours in, in sermon preparation. That's not the reality for, for many pastors, you know, especially if you're talking small church and, and bivocational pastors, that is not the reality. And so, um, you know, really pray for God to do a supernatural work in whatever time your pastor has to prepare the sermon that, that God would speak to him through the text. He would open his eyes through, um, through commentaries and, and other resources and that, uh, that his own heart would be prepared to proclaim on Sunday morning, which, re- which leads right into number four, which is to pray for his preaching, which is tied into the last one, right? I mean, sermon, sermon prep certainly um, is an important part of preaching, but it's not everything when it comes to preaching. You can prepare all the sermons in the world, but if you don't get to preach them, right, you know, so, so yeah, and it can still fall apart, even if it's prepared (laughs) for sure. Very, very much so. And so he prepares those sermons in the study. We need to pray for that. But we also need to pray for your pastor as he preaches them in the pulpit or the pub table or the music stand, whatever he uses, because as the new year dawns, you may have some folks that consider visiting a church for the first time, or maybe returning after a long absence, maybe because of COVID or just because other things have gotten in the way. So people are maybe coming back to church at the start of a new year. It's New Year's Eve as this is going live. And so, you know, as that is going on, there's going to be a pressure to maybe overperform that act. But ultimately, we need to pray that God is going to fill him with passion and conviction as he declares the good news to encourage the saints and to lead the lost to love and follow Jesus. And so you highlighted why that's important. You know, we we ultimately are standing before the people of God and, and those that are gathering with us to proclaim the word of God. And uh, so we, we need to handle the word of God uh, correctly, rightly handling the word of truth, as we know from scripture, but also calling on them to respond. So we need to pray for our pastors. And then number five, which really ties all of these things together, because without it, None of the other things are going to matter at all. And so number five, pray for his walk with God. None of what we have said, his family, his ministry, his preaching, his study, any of that is going to matter or be effective or anything if he's not walking with God, if he's not daily spending time with the Lord, his family is preaching, his everything is going to suffer. Why is that important, Kyle? 
Yeah, well, as you said, this is the the thing that undergirds everything else in the ministry um, is a pastor's personal relationship with God. And as you said, if that suffers, um, everything else will suffer. And like maybe like you, if if you're not a pastor and you listen to this, um, things creep in that that can disrupt a pastor's spiritual life, right? I mean, you know, pastors struggle with sin. They they struggle with personal sin. They struggle with uh, self-doubt. They struggle with stress. Uh, There are all kinds of things that can derail this. And uh, so, so labor in prayer on behalf of your pastor's spiritual life. These, these other things are important, right? The other, the other four things are important. This is the most important. This is, this is the thing that will, as you said, tie everything else in together, his ministry at home, his schedule, his sermon preparation, his preaching. Um, all of that is dependent upon his personal relationship with Christ. And uh, what Spurgeon's people knew really follows in the footstep of what Paul knew as we see in eight times in his epistles, he is asking for prayer. In fact, he's not just asking for it at times, he's demanding it. You know, we see that in Romans, 2 Corinthians, Ephesians, Philippians, uh, Colossians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, Philemon. Uh, and depending upon what you believe about Hebrews, it's even in Hebrews, right? It's, it's critically important to Paul and for his people to pray for him. And it was also, as we noted in our book, it was so important to Jesus's disciples that they asked him to teach them to pray in Luke 11, 1. And so it should be important to you. And so as we begin this new year, uh, we certainly wish you well. We hope you have a great new year and make it at least a week into your resolutions. But one resolution we ask you to keep from now until the end of 2022 is to join the disciples, Paul's churches, and Spurgeon's church by asking God to bless your pastor by praying for your pastor, by asking these five things for your pastor. As we said, they all come glued together, right? His family, his ministry, his walk with God, all of that hang and fall together. And so pray for your pastor. Kyle, send us out. All right. Well, happy new year to you and your family. Wish you a blessed start to 2022. And until next week, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. Thanks for joining us today at Not Another Baptist Podcast. We're also grateful for our sponsors, the Christian Standard Bible, who present the truth of God's word with accuracy and clarity for today's readers, equipping them for lifelong discipleship. It's a Bible you can teach from with confidence and a Bible you can share with your neighbor hearing God's word for the very first time. The CSB, accurate, readable, shareable. Visit csbible.com for more. What's wrong with you people?